My name is Los. My name is Travis. My name is Los. You, 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 threw, you threw a curveball. I didn't know. Uh, I don't hey, hey. my line. <laughs> this is Late Nights with Trav and Los. Yep, with Trav and Los. I am Los. No, you did it. You did that oh, already. That's I... the third time you've said that now. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> so, Suck a line. So I'll do the, I'll do the intro, intro to the show, though. So this is, the, this is the second episode of the podcast, and it's the... Uh, the 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 second part of the first part of the, maybe I'm not good maybe you should do this introduction goodness what? so this is the second part and we've done the first part and that's the last last episode yeah we're gonna release them on the same day so yep. you can like you know don't have to wait a week yeah but our podcasts come out every other week yes and uh, today and uh, Los has been hosting the show he's presenting material to us and if you listen to the last bit. Of the last episode, we described kind of the ethos and like the kind of the the mode of the show. So go mm-hmm. back and listen to that if you haven't already. But right now, uh, Los is taking us through ten. What do you call this? Ten learning. You you say things. <laughs> I say you, things. Why don't you talk about things? The topic: the learning process or self learning. <laughs> right, and you have ten points, and I have ten points. Okay, we yeah. are on point six. We're on point six. So All right, re- let's just go. So to recap, number one, follow your curiosity. Hmm. Number two, write it down. Number th- what it write what, what down? It make sure yeah. you have a make sure you have a notebook filled filled with the word it. It it it. Number three, find your ambassador or mentors. Number four, tune your speed. And number five, plan on teaching. And I'm going to tell you six through ten here in case you didn't hear the last one. Uh, six is focus on productivity. Seven, mix it up. Eight, avoid confirmation bias. Wasn't one of them in Spanish? That was seven. Oh, you messed up. I, well, listen to the first Lo one. Lo siento. <laughs> Lo siento. What does that mean? I'm sorry. Hey, that was kind of appropriate. That was extremely appropriate. Uh, <laughs> I, d- I don't speak Spanglish. <laughs> um, number nine, bring your friends. And ten, relate as you go. And uh, yeah, so that's what we're going to talk about. So we're going to start with number six, which is focus on productivity. Focus on productivity. So remember, this is all uh, based around self-teaching, self-learning. And uh, we have a plethora of information out on the web and audiobooks. This audio is a great books. list, man. I'm just looking at these, these lists right now. Thanks. Audiobooks, etc. And there's so many ways to learn outside of the classroom. And um, the hardest thing to, to, to do when trying to teach yourself is often finding the time to do it. Find the time to learn. Find the time to learn. Okay, that's uh, that's really that's that's a really hard thing. And working to become more productive will create the time and willpower you need. Oh, I love willpower. Willpower. Like I love the ideas of will. The the topic of willpower. There is this um, there is this uh, blog. There's a series of blog posts. Yeah. In the uh, a blog called uh, the Art of Manliness. Mm-hmm. The Art of Manliness is a blog. They mm-hmm. also have a podcast, and. What? Keep it coming. Oh, okay. Keep and and he, but he did a. I think it was a three part. Uh, I mean, this was a. This was a treatise, if you will. Okay. This was a discourse. Not a discourse. It was. You know what I mean. This was like a volume mm. on the topic of willpower. Oh, nice. And I love the art of manliness. And and it when you say manliness, it, it you know obviously it describes a masculine <clears throat> kind of mode of thinking. Mm-hmm. But I love the way he approaches uh, this author. I love the way he approaches what manliness is, and it's not being a lumberjack, and it's not being a misogynist, and it's not being anything like that. It's actually being a responsible human and a leader and a kind and gentle kind of mm, nice. person. Anyway, so he's talking about um, willpower, mm. and I don't want to derail your idea here, no, but let's like, keep going. like I just love the idea of willpower, and maybe we can talk about it another time, but. But the idea is that you do have a finite amount of this thing called willpower. Mm. It is a finite resource. And there are ways to replenish okay. your your pool. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to uh, diminish your pool. Right. And things that replenish your pool are like eating healthy or just, you know, eating at all. Um, uh, sleeping. Mm. Exercising. Mm. Things that, you know, just basically just give you energy and strength, right? Because um, <clears throat> uh, those things 
put you in the right mind to make good choices. Hmm. You're not going to make a great choice on what to eat if you're hungry. Right. You're just going to go, I want pizza. Nah, whatever. Yeah, but if you've been treating yourself well all morning and afternoon long, when it comes to the end of the day, you're going to say, I will choose this appropriate meal for my Body. goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And instead of being like, oh, I haven't eaten anything, I guess I can just... This pizza is okay for me <laughs> because it does my caloric intake does kind of equal out because I haven't eaten anything. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. willpower. Okay, yeah. so there are and there are there are other things, of course, that diminish your willpower. Okay. The prime thing that diminishes willpower is making choices that you know are wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's take for example the diet that I just yeah pizza right yeah. So if you have a candy dish at your work, okay. And every time you walk by the secretary's desk, you grab an M&M. Uh. It's going to diminish. Like, So if you take that first M&M, it's going to diminish your willpower to resist the second. That's true. You walk by and you go, I've already done one. Right, yeah. right. So you diminish that. And um, so so that is, uh, that's one of the truths. So put a pin in that. The way that you overcome that thing is by taking action against that temptation. Okay. So leaving the candy jar open, whether you take a piece or not, actually diminishes your willpower. Whoa. Because even if... Okay, so taking mm. one obviously will diminish your willpower. <clears throat> right. But in, in a lesser degree, seeing it and then deciding against it also has an effect on your willpower that right. in some way it, it supports what you're trying to do. You're thinking, okay, I'm good. I can overcome this. But in another way, what it did is is it made you decide. You had to decide. You had to yeah, use your yeah. mental energy and exert your willpower and say, I am better than that right now yep. and walk past. Now, that may seem like you accomplished something and you triumphed, but the truth is you used energy to yeah. make that decision. Yeah. Now, imagine if that candy jar was never there. Yeah. You, the, you never used the willpower. That's true. And you still have that reserve and you can use it on other things. Yeah. So like so things like building a exercise regimen into your day. Habits. Or, or hab- Yes, habits. Okay? So habits will take care of those decisions mm. for you and you're not exer- you're not exerting willpower to get whatever the habit is about done right yep. it, it it happens naturally and you can reserve the willpower for the the moment where you have a willpower crisis yeah and you have the reserve that you can draw upon yeah so that's enough about willpower but i just lo- i just love that idea I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that you go there because this, the second part of focusing on productivity is focus on habits to increase productivity Focus on habits to increase productivity. Okay, good. So if you focus on habits, these are good forming habits, right? Mm-hmm. Like for, for instance, um, I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier each day um, and just meditate. 10 minutes earlier than the day before? Mm-hmm. So like, not, not, not exponential. <laughs> I'm like, I never sleep. Not, not exponential. <laughs> just for the, the next month, I'm going to wake up 10 minutes earlier to than meditate. I do. It's brilliant. To meditate, right? Oh, I love that. Right. Mm-hmm. And and you form you focus on these habits. Right. Because if you want to have a clear mind, let's say that's your goal. You want to have a clear mind to start your day off. But really, you want to you want to meditate for an hour in the morning. Right. That's that's what you need for yourself. I'm not saying you need an hour, but let's let's sure. stay, stay let's with say that's your goal. Let's stay with goal. me. Right. Yeah. I'm going to focus on this habit of meditating mm-hmm. because in the end, it will make me more productive. Yeah. Right, but you don't want to set yourself up to fail. You don't want to say, "Hey, tomorrow I'm going to meditate for an hour." You start small and build on the habit. You focus on the habit into incremental achievement. Incremental achievement. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so you get the positive feedback of "I did accomplish that." Exactly. I can do again. Yeah, yeah, and we can we can have a whole different uh, conversation on how to build habits, habit forming yeah. uh, techniques. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's in a nutshell. The cliff notes is. Uh, start small, uh, continue, continue and iterate and, and always analyze yourself and say, is my reward enough? Am I pushing myself too much? Do I need to bring it down to five minutes instead? You Mm. always want to be succeeding, not failing. And you have the power to set those incremental goals. That's interesting. So the, so the point there that you're uh, teaching was focus on productivity. Yeah. And I'm, I'm looking over here, look at your note and I didn't read the, the sub 
text right there. I didn't read what yeah. you're supporting. And, and, and I was going to go just having read only the bullet point in a different way entirely. Uh. And which is um, focus on productivity in the context of learning. Okay. And I was thinking you were going to say something like learn things that are actionable. Okay. You know, if, if you're if you're studying for an exam in world history, mm-hmm. it's going to be like, OK, I'm just memorizing some facts right. and they're probably going to leak out if I don't yeah. write them down. If I don't yeah. take what, yeah. number three or four or number two, <laughs> yeah. if I don't write it down. Um, but then but then there's like this other idea of uh, like, let's say you just learned a technique in wood carving or carpentry. Okay make sure the thing that you're studying is an actionable thing. Yeah. So you can put it to use and in it like once you use it, it becomes a part of your arsenal or your repertoire yeah. that you can pull out when it's needed. Right. And this comes into the idea of when you're studying, when you're learning, make it less of a book learning session and more of a action session, right? Yeah. So like let's say you're studying web design i teach web design and um instead of just watching one of my videos why don't you have a browser open and a code editor open and follow along and be actionable while you're learning yeah that is going to sink in 100 times more Mm -hmm. than um than just being entertained or just kind of like letting the idea rush over you like like a like a calming wind on a on an autumn evening. Ah, oh, I just got Dev Tips wind. <laughs> it sounds like it was a fart. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm downwind right now. <laughs> Dev Tips wind. <laughs> Anyhow, so that's where that's where I was going to go with your point of uh, what is the title. Focus on productivity. Focus on productivity. Yeah. But no, I like where you went to. Um, I like where you went to being able to. Uh... It's hard to find the time to to learn, hmm. right? And so I'm, I'm taking a step. I'm, I'm going further back. And so how do you find time to learn? And instead of just carving out time and trying to find time and force time, develop habits that will make it easier for you to carve that time out. Brilliant. Yeah. Number seven, mix it up. Numero siete. Siete. <laughs> mix it up. What? Numero siete. Numero siete. Mix it up for those of you. Numero siete. Mix it up. Um, this one's a little simple too, but I, I like this because um, I usually get discouraged while learning because it's just hard or I'm not understanding the topic or I've slowed down and it's just like, it's just hard, right? And the medium that I like to learn by is I usually read. Yeah. And then um, I read something all the way through and then I go back to it and then I start reading and doing at the same time. Right. I like to holistically understand what I'm getting. We like into. to let it wash over you. Yeah. That wind at first. <laughs> that was <laughs> a weird laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Downwind. Right. And so but there are multiple ways to learn today. So mix it up. Books, magazines, blogs, audiobooks, articles, podcasts, lectures, movies, documentaries, online videos, apps, music, and here's here's one that that came that came and I think is really interesting. Debates. Debates. <laughs> Debates. Listening to experts disagree with one another, I think is a great way to approach a topic with an open mind. There's there's this fantastic YouTube channel of about this and it's called debates <laughs> no I, I forget what it's called it, i think it's sponsored by google though it's debates debate uh and, and it's, it's wow it's wonderful like mm. the the debates that they um they do and they um they have uh and they do a, a, a cambridge style i think it's called mm. is that right mm-hmm. where um you have a moderator, and they have different t- different time lengths for opening, closing, supporting, arguing, all these. Yeah, that's things. cool. It's yeah. so good. Yeah, legit. It's, it's legit. <laughs> it's on. It's on the level, <laughs> for real. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense. Um, but this one that I watched recently was um, they were debating the war on drugs. Oh, I want to watch that. It was so good, and I want because to watch that. understanding drug culture and I love that it's it's political impact and everything like that is kind of a big deal in my life because it is something that I deal with. Yeah, having people very close to me that have been impacted by not only drugs themselves but like lit, um, like 
like a jeez, American policy yeah. from the government about drugs has impacted my life indirectly through people I love. And um, it's interesting to have because you know I grew up in the eighties mm. um, where where it was it was like very very harsh on on drugs the the idea of being at war with drugs Dude. was an idea that came about in the in the seventies uh, and eighties and um, who was uh, the, Nixon was it Nixon that started yeah. war on drugs yeah, well yeah. you mean. Not started, but yeah. Well, he like enforced. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he yeah. was a proponent. It was a big deal. Got media behind that, it. Well, that was his his campaign. Platform. That was his thing. Interestingly, before mm-hmm. there was a war on drugs, and right before it started, you know, uh, American citizens were polled on uh, our, how important are drugs in politics right now. Two percent uh, voted for war on drugs. Like drugs were a, a serious problem before Nixon. Before Nixon, okay. Before propaganda, yeah, and, yeah. and media, uh-huh. and after his full-on, it took ten years war on drugs. Sixty percent of Americans were convinced that the oh, war on yeah. drugs. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I grew up and and you know I went through the whole Dare program. And, so did I. And like it, it was, it was definitely a part of my education that drugs are bad. Mm-hmm. If you do drugs, you are a bad person. Mm. And um, that kind of thing, and so so when people I knew close to me started um, being affiliated with with that type of lifestyle, or at least um, those influences in their life, my my initial reaction was to lean on my education of my life. I mean, what else do I have yeah. to be honest? And to think, okay, this person is now a bad person, and that didn't uh, last long. Yeah. Um, I was able to overcome that programming, but. Yeah. But but just to like, I mean, just societally, you know, yes, there is a war on drugs. Yes, uh, penalties for having and uh, violating those laws, having drugs and violating the laws associated with them are extremely severe yeah. compared to other penalties, for example, murder, you know. Yeah. Um, and the fact that the... The drugs and the um, the penalties for them are targeted at specific demographics. Blacks and, and Hispanics. Blacks and Hispanics, yes, to be clear. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, and we don't have to dwell on this too much, but the idea that um, cocaine mm-hmm. has a certain penalty for being caught with it. But crack... Crack cocaine. No, no, no. Cocaine has, like, cocaine has X penalty. Right, right. Crack has X to the power of 10 yeah. penalty. It's like a much more severe version of the penalty right, of right. cocaine, but it's interesting because crack is a derivative, a derivative of cocaine. It, it's cut with like baking powder, right? It was right, and Dude, so like is... like it, it, it's 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 not just it's not just a war in drugs. It's a class warfare. If you, when it comes down to it, this it's... infuriates me and gets me extremely heated. I'm extremely passionate about this topic of war on drugs. Well, I I, I mean, you're probably you. More than um, me, but yeah, but I recently read this book called The New Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Um, and it talks about the war on drugs was really just Jim Crow, the, the new manifestation of Jim Crow laws, yeah, and, it, and its effect has been the over incarceration of blacks and Hispanics, yeah, 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 and that the inception of the war on drugs was to capture kingpins and drug lords, but really the, the incarceration rate and everyone that's in prison. Kingpins only make a, about one percent of the incarcerated inmates. The other ones are for petty possessions yeah. that are repeat offenders because they're in a, they're targeted. Anyway, I, I digress. But if you if you want to know more on the topic, uh, the new Jim Crow is a pretty good book that um, is recent and talks academically with statistics about um, uh, supporting how the yeah. war on drugs is really just a new class yeah. war. So I mean. So this is this is actually a really good example of what principle you're trying to teach in this mm. podcast, wherein you're saying debates are a valid form of learning. Like I, yeah. because I'm listening to these debates, am being educated and retaining things because mm-hmm. it's a very personal mm-hmm. issue to me. People I love are mm-hmm. affected by this thing, and I'm beginning to appreciate their life, their yeah. struggle more. Yeah. Right? It, I mean, it's like so. So debates, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It allows you to listen to experts disagree with each other in an open forum which allows you to come at it with an open mind it's really good mm-hmm. and you know what i like about debate is that it's um 
a structured disagreement. Yeah. Like they, they it, the Cambridge style anyway. Yeah, yeah. Am I saying it right? Is it Cambridge? I don't know. I think it's Cambridge. The reason I like that Cambridge style is because it takes the the ferocity of, of an argument, of a debate that you would have normally with somebody that you know mm. and kind of like um, standardizes the mode in which, I mean, people who are familiar with debate, like, are thinking, Travis, shut up. We know this. <laughs> but, like, like to me, who's not familiar with debate, like, this was so brilliant. Yeah. Like, it enabled people to have rebuttal. And it enabled people to make new arguments and to catalog those and to systematically um, kind of approach their new arguments one by one and rebut or, you know, not. Um, it's great because it what it eliminates is this frustration of I'm waiting to say something. Yes. And I can't get a word in. Yes, right? absolutely. Um, <clears throat> and also what's cool about these debates, and, I, and I'll put the, I'll put a link to the debates in the, the podcast show notes. But um, what I really liked about them is that they, they would poll the audience mm. in the beginning. Poll. Poll them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would ask them their, they would say, here's the, prop, the proposition, the war on drugs is failing. Mm-hmm. And they say, do you agree or disagree? And then... In the middle, they would say, again, here's a proposition, do you agree or disagree? Oh, and cool. at the end, they would give them the same question their time. And they, would, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't measure if they agreed or disagreed. They would measure the sway. Yeah. Which is cool because you're actually then validating the debater. Yeah, you are. <laughs> and their preparation. Yeah. And their knowledge. It's just really cool. Really cool um, method or, and yeah. mode. Of, of the... so, so mix it up, guys. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you hit a roadblock or something, just... Find a new way to learn the same topic. Mm. So what I was going to... Now I'm looking at your your bullet points again. Mm. And what I was going to think you were going to go when you said mix it up, you're talking about different mediums yeah. of the same topic. Yeah. I was thinking, he's always oh, going to say, learn something outside of your... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, your preferred uh, area of study. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you may or may not be aware that I, I really love comedy. Mm-hmm. And... Um, we had a big riff about this in in one of our earlier. Actually, it was your episode that that's never going to get published. Sorry, it it was so good. You guys missed out so bad. You should be just so sad. Um, we were talking about how improv comedy can um, and the principles in it have like really influenced the way I approach business meetings. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I'm sure that those principles will come out later, so I don't, kind of don't want to spoil them now. Mm-hmm. But the idea that I'm pointing at is that there are so many different disciplines out there. You know, like, for example, my main focus is design. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, but if you're an author or, or you're an essayist or if you're a, a cook or something, you, you have this main vertical that you're very, very familiar with and mostly concerned about. But going outside of that... Um, will really give you an appreciation for different ways of learning and different ways of understanding your own topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I just think mixing it up in, in both ways is, is really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I, uh, I touch on what you're talking about on the last bullet point. Great, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, mix it up, guys. Number eight, avoid confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. What I mean by that is remember to always keep an open mind, open mind, and seek out contradictory opinions, mm-hmm. right? Because it's easy uh, to limit your consumption of content that agrees with you. Oh once, yes. Once you start one, but this only happens um, when you start uh, forming opinions of the matter that you're trying to learn, mm-hmm. right? So this is further down the road. You've now formed opinions because you've learned some stuff, you digested it, and um, it's starting to make sense, right? But don't limit your consumption to content that agrees with you. Look for disagreement. That's interesting. I'm thinking about having formed an opinion and then bringing it, you know, like in casual conversation, mm-hmm. it, it would come up in um, in conversation with another person, right? Right. I'm thinking about that experience, and it's usually a very nerve-wracking thing for me <laughs> if I believe that this person could have a contradictory yeah. opinion because yeah. because they're going to bring a perspective that I'm not aware of. Yeah. They're going to bring something and it might make me in the end look foolish or yeah. feel foolish mm-hmm. and I don't like that feeling. Because yeah. <laughs> you you lose control. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and and, and you, yeah. you 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 qu- and you 
you know, like you question yourself. Like, like I really enjoy questioning the things that I know and believe in private. Right, right. I, I, I do question myself a lot mm-hmm. and maybe even more than it's healthy or yeah. something. But that's okay with me when it's in private. And, and um, I'm I, my wife will agree with this, but I, I, I like to be proud of my ability to change my opinion Yeah, if I'm convinced. Mm-hmm. If you bring sufficient evidence in the argument, I will turn on a dime. Right. I will, like I'll, I've been in heated arguments with somebody like at work, like why I should design X, Y, Z or why it doesn't work. And they've, they've said something that kind of, uh, you know, turned the tables yeah. and I, I was not, and I'm, I guess I'm bragging right now, okay. <laughs> but like, but, but I guess the ability to not hang doggedly on a point of pride yeah. is is an asset, and I feel that I feel that like I'm good at that. Yeah. Um, so I'll say, "Oh wait, I did not understand that. That you're right. I, you're right. I agree with you. Let's move on." Yeah. And sometimes it's disarming. They're like, um, "Oh no, I think we should do that." And I go, "Oh, um, I understand now. Thanks for pointing that out. I agree with you." Yeah. And they go, "Yeah, and if you blah blah blah, blah. I'm like, no, no, no." I agree now. <laughs> yeah. Let's, am, let's continue yeah, on to another on. point. I'm on your side. Yeah. Now. <laughs> yeah. And, and again, I guess that sounds like I'm bragging, but I, I don't see that a lot in people, especially like when you are hoping that somebody else can do that for you too. Yeah. And you feel like you're making very strong points, but they're hanging doggedly on th- that. You know, they're saying the same thing over and over again or something like that. We're in, in that, at that point, an argument or a discussion or, a um a fact finding mm. moment is mm. is lost it, it it's it's not going to happen if somebody is not interested in finding the truth mm-hmm. and they're not in that mode of oh you are right i can i change my opinion now to align with you mm-hmm. let's move on if they're not in that mode and then you do change your mind in front of them they can like jump on that oh yeah you know what i mean yeah in a very like personal attack way yeah. and they don't let you away yeah. and you're like, wait, no, you've been successful in your argument. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You've actually won. This is a good thing for you. And they'll turn it into something like, see, I told you, you yeah. don't know what you're talking about at anything. Yeah. Whereas I'm thinking of my ability to change my mind if I'm successfully uh, convinced as a strength. Yes. Yeah. A lot of people look at it as a weakness yeah. that I'm wishy-washy or something like that. In mm. fact, that's what's one of the critiques you'll hear about politicians is that they're flip-floppers. Yeah. But the thing about flip-flopping is <laughs> it's required for growth. <laughs> it is required. You know, like if you say somebody is not a if you say this person is not a flip-flopper, then uh my immediate interpretation of that is that this person is not interested in personal growth. Yeah. Dog- dogmatism. They're, yes, they're dogmatic mm-hmm. about whatever the topic is. Anyway, um, what is the topic again? Confirmation bias. So <laughs> so why is it important to mix up your your feedback channels? Yeah. So that you don't have people telling you the same thing that you already thought. Yeah. Um, yeah. Here, here's, a, here's a practical example. I... Um, I have uh, I have design tasks, personal projects that have come my way, yeah. and then I'll design them, and I'll send them to uh, designer friends who I know will uh, will critique them in such a way that they're not conf- they, they they'll point out where it could improve. Yeah, or they're like, I don't know why you did that. Mm-hmm. Right, and what that does is two things. One, it forces you to know the root of why did I do that. Do you find yourself making excuses? I don't make excuses mm. when in that. Um, if someone's like, "Why'd you do that?" I'll say, "I don't. I don't know. I need to. Know. I find that, I need to know that. You no, know, that that's that's good. And maybe you're better at this than me. And now that I'm thinking about our conversations, I think that I can safely say that you are better at this than I am. <laughs> okay. But some people will say, like, "Why did you put that thing there?" Yeah. And my brain won't go. I honestly don't have an idea. <laughs> My brain will go. So if you think, <laughs> so if you think, if you think about how a user is approaching this, they've just come up with a thing and blah blah blah. And I'm like, and I'm like, and that is why I think. And like, you know, ten minutes later, and like, I'm just like, that was BS. <laughs> why the whole time? 
And yeah. and I'm thinking, why do I do this BS? Yeah. And it's not every time, of course. Yeah, I'm not saying this yeah. is my default mode. I'm saying like I do understand and have taken part in this yeah. BS. But <laughs> but and I think it's like maybe it's lazy. Yeah. It's like I don't want to be called out on this and I, thing that could be improved and I just want to publish. Yeah, and I don't want to go back and really think on why I did that. Thinking is not hard. Revising is hard. Revising. I don't want to go back and revise. I don't want to. I don't want to make another version. <laughs> so find people that will disagree with you and bring your ideas to them. Yeah, and I'll that, push you to grow. My immediate thought um, in this is, is user testing. Okay. Okay. So user testing is is in design and uh, especially like um, user experience design and um, product design and even in engineering. You do a lot of user testing, which means that I'm going to make something and I'm going to put it in front of somebody who is a potential user Mm -hmm. and just look at them. How do they react? What are they going to do with it? Do they understand how it's supposed to work? Do they use it for what I think they're going to use it for? Mm -hmm. And kind of take that feedback back to the um, drawing table and kind of iterate. Mm -hmm. Now, the user testing and at least the idea behind user testing is um, not just specific to design. Mm-hmm. Right, the principles based in user testing are universal. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, Andrew, you mentioned Andrew in yeah. our last podcast, the right. version one or the part First one part. of this. Yeah, yeah. Andrew, uh, I was talking to Andrew about because he works at DreamWorks, or he did. Work he at did. He uh, he quit. He quit to start this thing called Honor Park. He also quit for ethical reasons. For ethical reasons, yeah. Yeah. We can talk about it later. But, yeah. Um, so he's a, he's very, very smart, very cool, very talented. And I was talking to him about iteration. And he was telling me that, and he didn't call it user testing. Mm. He didn't, oh, they call it focus groups. Focus groups. It's very, very common, actually, now I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. Uh, in, in TV shows, uh, video games, movies, and mm. media, they use focus groups. But, but the way that they iterated was really cool. He said that they, would, um, they were working on a film uh, with a zoo, like... like um, Madagascar. Madagascar. Mm-hmm. And the lion, who's the lion? It's the, the comedy guy. Alex. Huh? Alex the lion. No, no, no. Who's the actor? Oh, I don't know. It's Zoolander. I wish Google was in there. Oh, we're not, we can't. The one, <laughs> one, one of the tenets of our podcast is that we do not Google on the air. Um, it, it's Zoolander. Zoolander. His name is so, from Meet the Fockers. Meet the Fockers. Because, you, because we ben, don't Google ben on the air. Ben Stiller? Ben Stiller is his oh. name. Because we don't Google on the air, you guys will hear us like struggle for something <laughs> that you know already. And that's okay. That's just, I mean, it's a late night with Travis. Yeah, this yeah. is a part of it. So Ben Stiller um, was in New York and... Uh, he lives there apparently or or he was working there and um the dreamworks studio is here in california right and they would iterate with him right and so he so they give him a script and i would think like oh this is voiced by ben stiller it means he took two weeks out of whatever he was doing his other movies yeah went to la stood in a in a audio booth and recorded the whole thing yeah and then they animated it that's how i assumed it worked that's how i still assume it works let me let me, <laughs> let me, let me like crush your mind grapes <laughs> no let me, let me step on those mind grapes right now because what happens and what happened uh was that they would they would send him a script, yeah. and wherever he was, doing whatever he was doing, like another movie, yeah. he would record it. He would okay. record his voice and send it to them. Send them, like, the, the, not the whole movie, like, a scene. Okay. And he would send it to them, and they would do a quick mock-up of, like, not a detailed animation, but, like, a quick character mock-up yeah. of, the, of the scene. Maybe even an animatic. Do you know what an animatic is? Mm. Anim- animatic? 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 Animatic. It's a very, very lo-fi Okay. Animation okay. and it's usually like four second stills, like the guy's, oh, the guy's like, these, yeah. "Hey!" and then like the voice is going and yeah. like and he's like, and yeah, the, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it's like that. a sketch. It's like a really lo-fi yeah. sketch. Anyway, and then they'll put this in front of their user testing, which is a, what's it called again? Focus group. Focus group. Mm-hmm. And um, and they'll say, "Did you like the way that he portrayed?" that emotion did you like the way that you know what what do you think his his objective is when mm-hmm. he's doing you know in this scene and like oh i think he's being funny i think he's being mean i think you know if, if they misunderstand what they want them to understand mm-hmm. they'll make him do it again they say call up ben stiller in new york and tell him to try to focus on this word right because we want to animate it this way yeah and and like and they're doing this really fast iteration yeah and and like it blew my mind because that is not the traditional way 
of doing um, animation. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean I, I'm not an authority of the history right. of animation, but like I, like you before, I assumed that you would give this fella a script, you would go into the recording booth and record the whole thing, and then and then afterwards they would just animate to it. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like it's a... Uh takes from agile methodology of yes. product design. Yes. But in, in exactly using focus groups mm-hmm. and, and user testing. And user testing is is done in um in all these kind of uh publishing platforms. Music does it uh, like we just discussed. Mm-hmm. Televisions do it, uh, television shows do it, um, movies and so forth. Uh UX websites um, building app design yep. like you do, you guys do it. Um yep. but it's also like like you can do user testing in your life. Let's say that I mean, ugh, like the very basic things, <laughs> the the very basic things that humans do have babies. Yeah, <laughs> you can user test on your baby. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and, and if you think of it that way, yep. you can be more productive and more intentional about how you relate to your child. If you think of them as user testers, yeah, I am. Like, uh, what the, are my parent like? Like, what are my values as being a parent, and and how can I express them to a child? Try it out, make a note of it, and like and like watch iterate. and observe and iterate. <laughs> yeah. If you are not user testing, what you will do is you will get the same outcome every time yeah. and wonder why your kid's an idiot or a spoiled brat yeah. or whatever problem you're you're running yeah, into. Yeah. Yep. Are you yawning? Late night. It's a late night. This is true. It is a late night. What time is it now? It's 11.15. Yeah. We usually go to like 12 or 1. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm waking up at 5 lately. I've been doing that uh, 5.30 and then I stopped doing that. Did I tell you about this? You didn't tell me about stopping. <laughs> so so the third episode that I did that you guys will never hear yeah. was a, a a component of it was about waking up early and writing. Yeah. I told you about that, you right? You told me about I did, I, We did talk about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, so my experiment was to do it mm-hmm. before the podcast and present my findings. Yeah. I guess I didn't get that far. <laughs> but my my findings were counterintuitive. I thought that I was going to be enlightened. I thought that I was going to be oh, healthier, yeah. more productive, and whatever. Turns out I just hate the mornings. <laughs> and I, I, I ended up just being tired at night, which yeah. was actually my productivity hour. Yeah. And in the morning, I would... Be, try to be quiet, not to wake my family, but I would end up waking them and then having to feed them breakfast <laughs> in, instead of actually doing the work that I could usually count on getting done in the nighttime. Yeah, yeah. So my, so my mode of working is uh, 8.30, kids are in bed, and yeah. depending on the night, if it's a Jaina night or my wife, it's a, yeah. if it's a family night with my wife or if it's a work night, yeah. um, what I'm going to do, I, I know what I'm going to do that night, and I usually get it done. Yeah. But with this morning thing, it wasn't working for does you. not work. And and even like even when I did successfully wake up and sit down and write, mm. it was idiotic crap. <laughs> when I go back and look at it, and and like the idea is, there's this whole like thought behind it of, you know, you your your brain is uh, gone through this sleep state mm-hmm. and you've emptied the waste. Mm-hmm. You know that you know how your brain cycles through when you sleep and yep. it gets rid of garbage and kind of compiles and defrags, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um and then you wake up with a fresh brain and, and you're able to have clearer thoughts, more lucid ideas. Yeah. And your um is it your your right brain is more in charge in the morning? Something like that. It is your right brain. Yeah, yes. your, your creative, creative brain is supposed to be more in charge in the morning. I found the exact opposite. I, I, I could not think straight. I wanted to <laughs> kind of like, in, I don't know. It was just, I was in a haze the whole this time. Is, this is what I This is what I did. It's, it's worked for me. Uh, preach. I wake up, mm-hmm. brush my teeth. I take a shower. Cold? No, just normal shower. I love cold showers. It's my new thing. Cold showers. Yeah. They wake you up. They, <laughs> well, it's true that they wake you up. Get you done. Get you like, warm showers will put you to sleep, man. They're they cozy. They're yeah. cozy and warm. Take a shower. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the day. Mm-hmm. Put on clothes for work. See, I would roll out and sit. That's, try. I would be drowsy and like sit down. and. You get ready for the day first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then what I then what I do is then I, then I sit down and then um, I'll do a 10-minute free write session and then I'll get to work. Oh, so it's just ten minutes. Yeah, I was doing an hour. Too, that's really long. 
tell me <laughs> tell me about it. It was just horrible. Ours are really long. But let me let me tell you this. Let me let me just bounce this off <laughs> yeah, of you. Yeah. Do you know that I wor- uh, that I walk to the train station? I do know that you walk. And it's a three mile walk. Yeah. And I don't walk fast. I, I mean, I walk. I walk in a average a good pace mm-hmm. it's a good pace it's not fa- there's this one guy that walks faster than me you, you see him pass every day <laughs> and he's a big mofo too like not not hefty he, he's tall he's yeah. he's good for he's, he's a good shape for his size yeah. but he's a tall guy and he has this stride and i'm and i'm like how do i keep up i can that? feel him like like because i get up earlier than him yeah. and i'm walking and i can feel him coming up on me and you, you oh, and you can hear my steps and i can hear him behind me like, 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 just like taking longer strides, and and he's like, like bigger than me, and like, and I'm, uh, you know, I can just sense him behind me, and yeah. he rushes past me, and I'm like, damn you, and and I even, <laughs> so he's walking from like my neighborhood, somewhere in my yeah. neighborhood, and we walk, uh, it's it's about three miles, yeah. to the to the train, so he's going from where I am to where I go, yeah. like it's it's the same <laughs> same, and, and but I look at, and I know his route, yeah, and I actually have optimized my route, right. I've optimized it for speed, but also for quiet. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't take the main roads. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll duck behind some, take a path behind the bushes. In, yeah. I'll go through a parking lot yep. because I don't want the traffic near me. So, okay, that's a side note. This guy, he's too fast. <laughs> he's too fast. Even though I take the fast route, he walks faster. <laughs> he takes the dumb route. It's for, it's for dummies. It's for dummies. He takes it. He's a dummy. You're a dummy guy. I hope you're listening. I hope you're listening, dummy. You dummy. <laughs> you dumb fast walker. Stupid fast walker. My route is better, and you're just faster. I don't like you. Anyhow, so um, let 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 me just. You're balancing this idea that you walk. I walk you three miles of walking. Three miles of walking. Now tell me, is there a difference between waking up, sitting down, and riding for ten minutes, or having uh, you know forty to fifty minutes alone? walking and being able to do a, do a number of things. Let me tell you what I do sometimes. Mm. So, um, I could easily listen to a podcast and I do it a lot. Mm -hmm. I have a few that I listen to every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, sometimes I watch movies. I can finish an entire film on the way to work because not only do I walk to work for 50 minutes, I have to get on the train, yeah. take a train ride, and, yeah. then, and then walk to the yeah, office yeah, after yeah. a train stop. So I can, I can get like a half a film done and then I'll, uh, the rest of the film on the way home. <laughs> In fact, today I started the, um, the, uh, the Tree of Life with uh, Brad Pitt. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got, like, you know, I got past the credits and then turned it off because, oh, because what? It's it's. Uh, I'm sure it's good. Yeah. I'll watch it eventually. But I got I turned it off because I felt like I was less effective. So other things that I do, oh, okay. I compose music yeah. a lot on my iPad, mm-hmm. and I also write right. on my iPad. And you, you know what's nice, actually, while you're walking, um, the dictation feature in iOS eight, the new update is brilliant. Yeah. Because live updates. It's it, it's <laughs> it, it'll write as yeah. you talk, yeah. and it's fantastic. It's it's really good. Yeah. And so I write a lot, and I, I, I Trello on mm-hmm. my way to work. I'm, I'm filling out cards, and I also do vines on my way to work. Yep. If you look at my vines, nearly all of them, I think all of them, You're are commuting. done. They're all outside, and I'm commuting. <laughs> Some are, like, on the train, and I'm, like, vining next to people who are, like, reading their novels, uh, Fifty Shades Grey, whatever, <laughs> um, basically. And... So 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 there's there's a great deal of productivity in my commute. You're doing it already, and you're doubling down, and it's pissing me off. It's pissing me off because it's not as productive as your morning walk, and it is, it's accomplishing the same thing for you. I never thought of it that way. I'm great. Yeah. I'm glad that we had this yeah. expository look at my walk. Yeah, no, but but it does. That's how I look at my commute. Is my my thirty minutes on the train is a time to reflect. For me, it's a time to reflect and wind up for the day. Or wind down from the day. Yeah. To plan. I love my commute. for next day or plan for what's driving to sucks. I despise driving because it's a waste of time. It's dude. When I drove, I would come home with so much stress and yeah. and like like pent up energy, like agitation. Yeah. You know, because not only not only you're just sitting in this car and not being you're not able to feed yourself. <clears throat> I mean, you can listen to a podcast. I guess that's really good, but. Like you can't like, you can't. I don't know. You can't pull away like you can when somebody else is driving the train. Mm-hmm. I've missed my train stops numerous numerous times. Yeah, because you're I'm like, like right you're in, in middle, it. Yeah, right in the middle of a composition. You're like, oh. Uh. Um. So for those of you that drive, uh, one thing that solved that ag- agitation um, 
was I reserved 10 minutes when I got home to lay on the ground and put my feet up um, above my head. Like lay lay you on the floor or just like put I, my feet I understand up. that completely. Yeah. And I, just I go to the bathroom. You go to the bathroom. I go poo. Because <laughs> I walk home. Yeah, Oftentimes yeah, yeah. I'm sweaty. It's ready. So I need to go home and go in the bathroom and air out. <laughs> air out. I need to air those guys out. <laughs> they, it's pretty bad. Yeah. So so if you drive, take take 10 minutes to wind down and put your phone down and slowly roll. Slowly roll. We need to hit these last two. Right. I'm right. sorry. It's all right. So avoid confirmation bias. Um, and we this tangent that we went to was... You want to seek out contradictory opinions, and a form of that is user testing or focus. Put your feet up when you get home. Put your feet up when you get home. Number nine, bring your bring your homies, bring your friends, bring your vatos, bring your vatos locos. (laughs) Why is it crazy? What does vatos mean? Vatos are homies. Oh, they are homies. Yeah. Well, why are they locos? Lo- they're crazy. Crazy. Homies are always Bring crazy. crazy homies. <laughs> Bring crazy Because vatos locos is always together. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But there was a song. Like, oh, is there? There was like a... The fuck of, I don't remember. I don't know. So let's hit these let's hit Bring these your crazy friends. Surround yourself by other people that are interested in the same things you are. The crazy ones. The crazy ones. It makes the learning process rewarding. Dude, oh, and it also accelerates. It accelerates learning. Oh, my goodness. By a great degree. Yep. When I was a kid, uh, I used to ride uh, BMX bicycles. What? So did I. Stunts and stuff. I used to do ramps. and Same. And dude, I, have... used to, I used to grind my pegs, bro. Bro, and you had to find people that also did that. When you start, it's so easy <laughs> yeah. if you're with somebody that's better than you to, to accelerate to their level. Uh, uh, plug for a mentor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Number three, two. <laughs> What is the number? That's in the last episode. Last episode, number three. Number three. Find a mentor. Find a mentor. Yeah. So, like, I would I would ride bicycles with my older brother. Not my. I would skateboard with my older brother. Yeah. But I would ride bikes with with His bigger kids or something. Yeah. Yeah, and like they were better than me, but it like I my uh, skill went very like the learning curve was lowered when you have somebody to teach you exactly what to do Mm -hmm. and if not even if they're not giving you lessons they're doing it right in front of you and showing off in front of you and there's like number one you can see how to do it number two you have a challenge yeah you know if you're like this like kid on a bike you don't want to be showed up yeah there's like a lot of ego involved like i can do that trick too and so you just do it and you and you you do what you're scared of because you don't want to let them down or you don't want to show them that um you're yeah. scared or you're not something. willing to try not willing to yeah. try yeah so it, so doing it with bringing your vatos locos <laughs> it is good because not only are they there to teach you how to do the the right mm-hmm. thing the right way but they're also there to challenge you to do it yep to actually get off your butt and do it yep yep i've seen that i'm uh, i play soccer and i play with some guys that are really good and i've seen people and we're very open when we let people come play with us and they're usually a lower skill level. And I've seen them over the years just get up to speed because they're just playing with people that are better. The new guys? Them. New guys. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No idea what they're doing, but in a year and a half, two years time, it's someone I'd pass the ball to. That's nice. When they first started, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to pass it to you because I want you to get better. Mm-hmm. But not because you're good. Now you trust them. Now I trust them. Yeah. Right. Why? Because um, it makes it makes it more rewarding for them and we support one another. Some ideas for you. You can go to book clubs, you can go to meetups, you can go to dinners, or just spend the evening talking with someone close to you. Mm-hmm. Like like you can read our podcast. Yeah. Actually, you can't. <laughs> you can't. It's just audio. It's just audio. <laughs> <laughs> Forget that idea. Forget that idea. But you could possibly listen to it. Yeah. And- and yeah, like so. If you are enjoying this late night yeah. with Travis Lowe's, <laughs> this jump. is this is what we are your vatos. We're your vatos. We are your locos, and we're trying to support each other so that we can grow. Yeah, yeah. It's a simple one, but bring your friends. It makes learning more enjoyable. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, number ten. Relate as you go, and um, relate as you go. Yeah, relate as you go. Um, and this is uh, relating as you go is a way to uh, another another form to let the learning sink in what you've have captured so far, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can attach a new idea or concept to something well established in your mind, uh, grasping and remembering concepts becomes a breeze, right? Say this all again. I don't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> so if you can attach a new idea, this is something that you're learning, mm-hmm. right? Or or a concept. And attach it to something that's well established in your mind. Oh, dude, this is how learning happens, right? This is like the only way, right? 
Like, this is not even a tip. Right, but, Th- this is just pointing out something that needs to happen. <laughs> this is the, Like, there's no other way, is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Grasping and remembering concepts becomes easy, right? Possible. <laughs> it it, it's, it's impossible without it. So here, here's... It's, here's, it's drawing connections to things in, in your world that you know well. Let me, let me put it this way. <laughs> let me put it this way. Everything that you ever learn is framed by everything you knew before. Yes. And there's no other way to do it. There's no other you way. You can't learn something entirely new, unattached from anything you've learned before. Yep. Everything is built yep. on each other. Yep. Um, so I don't understand what your tip is. <laughs> so my tip is... Uh, <laughs> so <your> tip is <laughs> let me read it. Let's yeah, see. read it. it. We're late as you go. Let me... All right, guys. This is late nights. Late, <laughs> late nights. I'm going to look at my notes. He's disagreeing with this. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just asking <laughs> to a, clarify. It's in practice. Here we go. Um, where was I going with this? Relate as you go. If you're gonna touch, so you're saying this Mike. is this. You're saying this is this already happens. Well, I'm saying it, the only way that you can learn is by attaching new concepts to existing concepts. Right. So what I'm saying is, make sure you're relating as you go. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like, because you can. Okay. Let me. Because as you're learning, you could be absently learning. Yes. Just, but as you're learning, make those connections. This is the experience of reading a book and then getting to the end of the page and being, ah, oh, damn. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did I just read? What the heck did yeah, I just read? Yeah, so, That's what that is. Yeah. Like you're, you're trying to – you went on autopilot. Yeah, you went on autopilot. So make sure you're not on autopilot and you're flying the plane. And you're relating as you go. I feel like I derailed your point. I feel like there is something better than. I think I think I threw it away. Oh, let's go. Let's take it out of the trash. Let's unpackage it. Yeah, let's unpackage it. So what I'm trying to say is relate as you go. And and the way that I started is is uh, uh, breaking down this idea that when you learn, it's easy to learn new things if you attach them to to something that's well established in your mind already. Right. For example, I can learn new information well when I can draw connections to things I have experience with. Right. Mm. And so that's I, that's all I'm saying. It's simple. It's just make sure you relate as you go. Oh, relate as you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, I get it. You get it. That's good. Uh, <laughs> for, I just realized that like my past two sentences made me sound like an idiot. Um, no, relate as you go. That makes sense. Now that you said it that way, because you're like. Basically, internalize things. Basically, relate as you go. <laughs> no, okay. So you learn a new principle, and then, and then, the, and then the, the question is, how does this apply to me? Yeah. And that's where I was missing the mark. Okay. I, I didn't understand that's, okay. where, that's where you were going. Yeah. So, like, if, if you learn something, relate it to yourself. Relate mm. as you go. Relate as you go. Man, I feel like such an idiot. <laughs> this is exactly what you're trying to say. You relate as you go. Say, how does this apply to me? Where can I fit it into my life? Where could I, where could I make it a productive um, action-oriented yep. step? Which is, you know? which is what I said later in step 10. I, I talk about this. Is Your thing was, hey, if you open up DevTips show... Open up a code editor, and as it, as you're learning and teaching, start relating as you go. Brilliant, <laughs> right? No, no, no. It's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid. Forget that one. <laughs> no, that's a really good point. I'm sorry, yeah. I dismissed it. No, it's all right. I mean, that's you challenge an idea, right? And we, we and we and I, now I got something out of there it. There you go. <laughs> I, got... I hope you listening also got something out of it, right? <laughs> and and interestingly, I was uh, I was looking at uh, I came across this article. Um, but uh, essay that this guy Isaac Asimov wrote. And he, Isaac Asimov? Yeah. Oh, I he, love Isaac yes. Asimov. Do you know? Do you know Asimov? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was a foundation. Uh, yep, yep. Uh, Asimov Foundation comes from Isaac Asimov. Foundation is his book series. He yeah. also wrote iRobot. Yeah, he did write iRobot. iRobot is like a collection of many. Mm-hmm. Uh, so have you read them? The I short stories. I haven't or... read the short stories. I just know. I, Isaac Asimov is like. One of the godfathers of science fiction. Yeah, he is. And he wrote iRobot, which is a collection of short stories. And Night Nightfall, I think is another one. Nightfall? I've never read Night that Night Watch one. or something like that. Hmm. Nightfall. Anyway. And uh, let me just talk about iRobot. Let's talk about iRobot. And then we'll it's... talk about Isaac Isimov and why I have him on this bullet. I'm glad you do. Yeah. Just just real quick. I just want to... So what Asimov did was he... He was thinking about robots, mm-hmm. as any good science fiction yeah. author would. Yeah, you know his background is like a... He's an engineer or a like physicist, a bi- right? He's like a biologist, physicist, something like that. Mm. You can you can Google it Wikipedia on your own. 
and he worked uh, he worked at like a Boston University or something mm. like that and um, he was a teacher mm-hmm. um, but then he was fascinated with science fiction writing mm-hmm. and at and then he quit teaching at some point and his, because his science fiction uh, income was much greater than what he was making yeah. teaching. Some, so, some would say that he is a better scientist than an author. Yes, which is why I have him here. Oh, That's okay. okay. Before, I, I, just, I just want to celebrate iRobot right. and recommend it to anybody who's hearing my voice. Because Short stories. It's so, good. It's so cool because what he did, and this kind of reinforces the statement that he's a better scientist than a author yeah. is that he before he wrote his stories he decided on principles for robots oh whoa. and um these are like the foundational robot program principles yeah how do you create a robot to be uh effective in the world mm-hmm. and then after having these defining principles of what robots are and how they operate he put them into situations and developed narratives around those situations mm-hmm. incorporating the three laws of robotics right, right. do you remember the three yeah no i robot was a movie with will smith which yeah. was incredible yeah i, love I loved i love will smith and i love robots yeah. put them together i'm gonna have a great time <laughs> but the but funny enough that that narrative was not one of his stories yeah it was just like they just used the name and the, and the three laws yeah so the three laws of, of robotics and i'm i might get this wrong but I'm going to try. I'm okay. going to try right in front of you guys. Okay, the first law is um, a robot cannot harm a human. Yes. Are, are you... Are you? I'm, I'm following. You do I, know them? I are know you taking them. them off? Okay. And the yeah. second law is that a robot may not um, harm himself. Maybe that's the third one. And okay. And the other law is that a robot may not allow... Uh, through action or inaction, harm to come to a human. I feel like I'm stating number one twice right there. Yeah, but they're they're like three. No, like because three laws that like circle around. Yeah, because one is you, the robot, aren't going to hurt someone. Number two, you, the robot, will make sure that the person isn't getting hurt. Yes. Right. Uh huh. Which ensures. Oh, oh no! The third, the third one was that you have to obey a human. You have to. You have to obey yeah. them, like their commands. Yes. So okay, so it the three laws are in maybe whatever order they are is one. Obey humans. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, don't hurt yourself. Yep. And number three, don't allow a human to come to hurt. And yep. like, and they are stack ordered. Yeah. One takes precedence over the other. So like, the story about Will Smith was the robot saw him drowning in a car, like his car two went more, off the bridge, and one had a higher percentage to survive. Yeah, so the robot made a deduction and saved his life, even though he commanded the robot not to. Yeah. So the robot didn't listen to him because it was it was obeying its higher directive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Asimov like decides on these principles, and um, they're really good principles. They're very solid for robotics, I guess, <laughs> and uh, at least they do in science fiction robotics. And they um, and uh, and he creates these narratives mm-hmm. around these three laws, and he does it, he does it a lot. There's like a few volumes of iRobot. Yeah. And there's 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 a lot of movies based on his short stories mm-hmm. more than just the one with Will Smith. You mm-hmm. know Bicentennial Man. I didn't know that. Do you, was, know, do you know that movie? Yeah, I know that movie, but I don't know what it was. So it's an Asimov story, I think. Oh. It might be. Now that I'm now I'm it might be a Philip K. Dick. I like saying his name. <laughs> um, I think it might no, I think it might be an Asimov. Anyway, Asimov. So how does he? How does Asimov work into your? Oh, right. So what I'm talking about is, hey, you can attach a new idea or a concept to something well-established in your mind to help you learn, right? Really, really let those sink in, right? One more time. To learn something new, if you relate as you go and you attach it to well-established ideas in your head, new concepts are easier to digest, right? Yep. So Isaac Asimov, he was asked by one of his good friends who was working for DARPA in the anti-missile program. This was in... 60s mm-hmm. I think 40, 50, 60s or 70s one mm-hmm. of those right and he was like 40, 50, 60s or 70s I don't remember he... so it basically happened it happened in the histories I think it was in the 60s <laughs> it doesn't matter when it happened right <laughs> Yeah. It's so funny that you're, you're like... Yeah. 40, 50, 60, 60. I, Your I'm, backstory was so broad. It's broad. It happened in the past, and it was before the 70s. <laughs> now I'm even doubting that it happened. No, no, it happened. Okay. And um, this DARPA project, um, they weren't getting results with whatever project they were working on. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the guys was like, I know just the guy that will help us out. 
they'll be able to think outside the box. Yes. So he goes to Isaac Asimov. He's like, hey, I have this thing. Would you come mm-hmm. uh, help us out, right? Mm-hmm. So he comes and he, he starts helping them out. And they're like, yeah, we want you to do, you know, just help us think outside the box to solve this problem, right? Mm-hmm. Because he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Right? He, he was a very creative person. Isaac Asimov said, no, I'm not going to help you guys because um, if I find something that's classified, it'll limit my creative freedom, right? Oh. But he says, I will leave you with an essay on where creativity comes from. Oh. Right? Ooh. And this essay was published. Oh. <laughs> It was published recently by the Asimov Foundation. Yeah, with yeah authority yeah, from yeah. the Asimov Foundation. Well, it's funny because he has a foundation. Yeah, and has a book series called Foundation. Right, yeah. Anyway, uh, they recently published it. It was unpublished before. I don't know. I don't know, sir. But I just okay. It, it was dated October of this year, and I don't know if it was when this article was written or, Fantastic. or when the story was written. Right. I would love to read it. And what it talks about his essay, where he's like, "Hey, this is where creativity talks about," is that someone may have an understanding of A, someone mm-hmm. may have an understanding of B, someone may have an understanding of B and C, but it's not until you put them all in a room together and you relate them to one another that it becomes A, B, C, which is the creative solution you were looking for, mm. right? So Asimov thinks that great ideas come from relating as you go. That's, that's oh, why yes. he's here. Oh, yes. Right? So uh, a, a good thing for creativity and new ideas is it comes from the connections you make with knowledge that's well established in your head, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's easy to look back at these and be like, oh, Facebook, duh, what a great idea. Mm-hmm. But it only happened because Zuckerberg was able to relate what the Winklevoss twins brought to him mm-hmm. to things that he already had a well-established concept in his mind. Interesting. Right? And so looking back... Had ideas is really easy to be like, oh yeah, duh, it's so simple. But no, it wasn't because the creative process required you to tangentially find um, things that are well established in your mind from the new ideas that are entering your mind. Yeah, relate as you go. I like that. Um, and in conclusion, the most important thing to learning is putting what you have learned to use in the beginning as you go. But in the goal is to put it in use, and that'll really just glue it all into a nice morsel of knowledge. Yeah, it'll definitely solidify mm. the thing you're learning. But even like more, uh, like if you can go a little bit more existential. Let's do it. Why the hell are you learning something? <laughs> Why are you learning? So we... if you don't plan on putting it to use. <laughs> It's a waste. It's a waste, right? Which brings us to point one. Find something you're passionate about. Okay. If you're passionate about it, mm-hmm. you're going to use it. Mm. So, even if, even I mean, even if these are like, you know, party trivia points. Yeah. It's okay. Like, you can, you can learn weird stuff. Yeah. But, but putting it to use, sharing it, mm. relating it to other things in yeah. your life. Even tangentially, even like, even inconsequentially, but having a deeper insight and an appreciation for insights gathered through a, a variety of experiences is valuable. Mm-hmm. But it, it, but it's being mindful of putting it to use, and uh, <laughs> and that's that's how I recovered from the exist- existential crisis. Of <laughs> why the hell am I learning? Yeah, yeah. So there you go, one through ten in two parts. Two parts, and we did it. That was that's it's two hours. It's two hours. We talked for two hours in a, a late night. Late night. Um, I'm really proud of you. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. You did a good job. But I want to avoid confirmation bias. Oh, <laughs> how can? But I want to bring you as a friend. How what? Can, what? The rules. <laughs> Mind grapes. Um, okay, let's avoid confirmation bias. How can people give feedback? About the show, it's uh, our Twitter handle uh-huh. at late nights plural plural late show at late nights show. It's it's really frustrating to me because there's two s's in a row. It's annoying because it, it's one string, yeah. But it's three words, so the s on nights works for how. W- what works for how? Well, if you take is that a sentence? S how show show. <laughs> S how. 
<laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, it's no. Late. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's frustrating to me as a as a person who's interested in details that the, there's two S's in a row. Where and one I, could suffice. Well, it, yeah, it could be late night show. Yeah. And it's easier to say and yeah. it's easier to convey to people. Yeah. But I think that Twitter handle wasn't available. Yeah. And you know what? There's a good chance, because we're not checking our phones right now, it, there's a good chance that it is late night show. I don't know. I think that it's late <laughs> nights. I'm pretty positive that it's late nights show. Yeah. Um. So please uh, give us a Twitter what's up, and yeah. we'll we'll uh, respond back with many yeah. gratitudes yeah. after you, you know, tell us how we can avoid confirmation bias and what we can do to improve. Yeah. Our our show. How can we improve it? What did you like? What didn't you like? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want us to dive deeper in one of these topics? What can yeah. you look? What do you look forward to? Do you like the platform, the organization? Mm-hmm. We'll t- we'll take all your feedback, and um, and we want we want suggestions, not not necessarily uh, topics, mm. but we would like to know: um, Does it make sense what we're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Do do our personalities make sense? Do you understand who Los is? Do you understand who I am? Yeah, that was one of the feedbacks that we got early on because we didn't uh, introduce ourselves. Right. We just started talking. That's right, and and that was that was intentional. Was. I was like, let's just get into it. Let's just be. <laughs> yeah. Let's just be in the moment. You know, like that was a part of it. And it, and the feedback came back like, oh, no, this is fine, but I don't know who you are. <laughs> and, uh, you'll get to know my laugh. Yeah, this but is but, but th- here's the thing: when you're doing something like this and publishing it, there are two parts of your audience there are the people who listened to the last episode yeah and the people who didn't yep there is a great likelihood there's a great opportunity there's it's likely that this will happen at least once is what i'm saying <laughs> that somebody will listen to the second episode first yeah even though it's weird and it doesn't make sense to me yeah and it doesn't make sense to you <laughs> and and I, and I think you're crazy <laughs> don't be crazy it would be crazy but let me tell you this <laughs> my my um a YouTube channel? Yeah. I do I often do series. Yeah. So these are like these are like videos that are numbered. <laughs> <laughs> part two. I like part part like three will sometimes have less views than part four. <laughs> what? That it, it's so counterintuitive, uh, isn't it? It is. I don't I don't I like I, I don't have the answer. I don't know why. So I only watch even numbers. <laughs> In a ah, series. You skip, <laughs> I skip the odds. That's kind of like when you're in grade school and your te- and your teacher assigns you homework. They're like, do the odds. Yeah, because the evens have the answers. The, in the back. Are evens are in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, uh, so they're only watching the odd videos. <laughs> <laughs> that is odd. Um, so, so uh, what was my point? Oh yeah, it, you might be watch- listening to this as your first episode, and that's mm-hmm. very strange. But um, you know, we want to make clear who our personalities are. And, uh, I don't know. Give feedback on what you thought. Do you do you like the music? If there is music, yeah. <laughs> you're yeah. editing it this way. I am. Oh, another thing is, if you come up with the topic, you are also editing your own. I'm not come up. If you're hosting, you're also editing. Yeah, as a, that's a part of our our, our uh, podcasting mm-hmm. structure. Mm-hmm. If because Los is hosting this episode. He has provided the topic. He is mm-hmm. leading the discussion. I am just the guest. Yep. I'm Travis. I'm just the guest. I, I didn't. I, all I'm doing is riffing on what he says. Yep. And he's also in charge of editing mm-hmm. this thing down, which is actually a two parter. It's a two. And it's a two. You have to sit through about three hours <laughs> at a minimum. At a minimum. At a minimum. <laughs> if you want to go back and make more changes, if you want to add a, a laugh track. Yeah. I'm not adding a laugh. You track. should add a laugh track. <laughs> Just, I'll just add a pointless one in the in the middle where it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like randomly, like a, like an, a studio audience laugh track. That is so great. Um, but you're gonna have to listen to this a few times. Yeah. I think. Uh, anyhow, so uh, yeah, Los is gonna be editing this, and next next two weeks from now, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be uh, hosting. I don't know what the topic's gonna be. Yeah, I knew this. When did you, when did you figure out what you were gonna talk about? Um, I figured it out around 4 p.m. Today? Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. You and, seemed really prepared. And then I took 30 minutes before you came to jot down. This was all written? 30 minutes? Mm-hmm. You used bullet points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did use bullet points. I'm so impressed by your bullet points. 